0: Parshas Miketz, Hashem Guides History. Sponsored by Mishpachat Levi, in honor of the Holy Brothers, Rav and Simcha Markowitz. Sponsor an episode for just $100 by calling 732-844-3670. As we leave Parshas Vayeshef and move into Parshas Miketz, it feels like we're traveling on a roller coaster. It's dizzying enough to make the head spin. Just last week, Yosef was languishing in prison, and suddenly, viavo el paro, he's standing in front of the king of Egypt to interpret his dreams. And he gives such a kanakadiga interpretation, so suited, so fitted, that Paro goes out of his kalim with excitement. Ha nim Ruach Is there another man like this? Someone who has the spirit of Elohim in him? Miketz, there's no way I'm going to find a better man than you to rule my country. See, I have placed you in charge of all the land of Mitzrayim. And so Yosef, who only a few hours ago was still in prison, is now the vice-regent over the most powerful country in the world. Now you understand right away that something like this, that an Evid from Canaan should somehow come become the leader of a nation like Egypt, is unimaginable. Even if someone would have told us that Yosef was brought out of prison to become the stable boy for Paro, we would have said, it's impossible. But that he should be appointed vice-regent, it's even beyond impossible. Suppose that you read somewhere, that Rav Moshe Feinstein was invited to an emergency meeting in the Oval Office to meet with President Reagan. And the President tells him, Rabbi, I need someone to handle the affairs of this nation. There are a lot of problems today. Recession, crime, other things. And I'm too busy. I have to take care of my ranch. And I like to go bowling too. I've heard from my people that you are the one for the job. See, I have placed you in charge of all the land of America. Please, Rabbi, take over. The truth is that there would be nothing better for our country. If President Reagan would hire a Feinstein, that would be the most fortunate government. We would be the most fortunate people if we would have such a thing. And yet, you understand how probable that is. That such a thing should happen would be nothing short of a miracle. And therefore, when it happened to Yosef, to understand that although it seems to have happened by visible cause and effect, he made a friend in prison, and then this friend was in the right place at the right time, and he remembered Yosef's power of interpreting dreams. And so that's how it came about. That chain of cause and effect was actually much more than coincidences. Of course, if you want to be a little-headed man, so you can use your pin-headed brain and say that it just happened that way. And so as you're watching 15 horses trotting down Pennsylvania Avenue, pulling out of Moshe Feinstein in a golden carriage, with secret service men running alongside the carriage, and everybody's shouting, Hooray! Avrech!" Bend your knees to the vice-regent! That's how it happened to Yosef after all. So you can be silly and say, it's nothing. Sometimes things happen that way. But here, in this place, we're not interested in having pinheads. We'll leave that for the Gentiles and the Jews who want to think like Gentiles. The nations of the world believe that the world is chaos when they worshipped idols. So every phenomenon of nature was under the control of a different deity. And there was a constant clash. Between the various forces. And the same applies to the academicians. The evolutionists of today. They say everything is the result of various causes, random events. That's why La if a professor of history in college, writes a textbook, so he looks at the events as disjointed things. He'll tell you that the continuity between events is the result of the forces of chance and nature. Battling each other. History is random chaos. That's what he'll tell you. But Lahavdil, Elif of Dolos, the Torah teaches us, there's no such thing as random history, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who makes history. The first principle of the Torah is Hashem Melech, which among other things includes the great principle that whatever takes place in this world is done only by Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch who is standing behind the curtain wire, pulling, arranging all the events of the world. And not only is he wire pulling, but he's doing it as Hashem Echad. It means that not only is he making all of history, but it's being done with one plan. Hashem Echad means there's one plan and one plan maker pulling the strings. And he's doing it, with a perfect chokhmah too, with schemes that are planned to perfection. And so we understand that this queer phenomenon of Yosef being appointed to such a high position in government of a world superpower was the result of great plans. It didn't just happen at the beginning of our parsha. The surprise of a Yehimi Kate was the climax of many years of preparation. We note that our parsha begins with a vav. It doesn't say, Hayami kates, It was at the end of two years. But, Vayihimi kates, With a vav. And it was at the end of two years. The truth is that this is a unique characteristic of the Kisveya Kodesh in general. Almost every story, every narrative after Breshi's Baro Elohim begins with a vav. With the conjunction and. Everything is, and this happened, and that happened. Even the beginning of our Kisve the opening of our Sidurim and Sephorim, begin with Vavs. Ve'ele Shemot B'nei Yisroel, V'yikra Hashem El-Moishe. Bamidbar starts, V'yidabeh, Sefer Yeshua begins with a Vav. Sefer Shoftim starts, V'yehi b'mei shvot HaShoftim and Shmuel Aleph, and Shmuel Base, and Melochim, An and An, it's all Vavs. Now that's something that needs explanation. Because when we tell a story, we say, once upon a time. We don't say, and once upon a time. So what is the anomaly that is in this Torah? Everything is and, and, and. We must understand that the Vav serves a very important purpose. In that one letter lies the great lesson of emuna That nothing in history is disconnected. That's what a Vav is. It's a link in the chain. Vav means and. This and that means that this is connected to that. The Vuvay Ha'amudim were connectors. A Vav connects like a link in a chain. That's why there's always a vav in Torah literature. Whatever happens in this world is part of the great plan of our Kaddosh All the happenings of history follow a sequence, and therefore all of the events from the beginning until the end of time are purposeful and are in harmony with each other. Everything that took place in the past was a preparation for that which will happen in the future. And whatever happens in the future is connected to whatever happened in the past. The story of Yosef was the result of a long chain of history. Such a thing for Yosef to rise to power was years in the making. Of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have snapped his fingers and said, Yosef, you just walk out of prison right past those guards. They won't see you and walk right into the palace. If Hashem wanted, Yosef could have pushed Paro off his throne and sat right in his place and it would have been finished. But HaKadosh Baruch doesn't do things that way. He does things in a natural way, with cunning. He's standing behind the curtain, manipulating everything in complicated ways, with quirks and tricks and surprises. Now there's a reason for that. There's a reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu does everything in such a roundabout way. It's not like someone who wants to scratch his right ear, so he takes his left hand all the way around. No, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a good reason for doing everything in roundabout ways. Yoshev Bsayser Elyon. Hashem keeps himself hidden for a reason. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is constantly testing us. He's doing things in a complicated way. With concealed manipulation, because he wants us to study what happens in the world and to discover his hidden hand behind everything. That's one of the tests of living in this world. Are we going to use our mind's eye to add the voves? What is the connection between this event and the one that preceded it? What's the connection between this event and the one that follows it? That's our job in life. You have to be a Doidish. You have to think into it. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu made everything seem natural. With a cause and another cause. One leading to another. So that effort would be required to see the Yad Hashem. And yet, if the effort is expended, you'll be able to connect the dots. If we'll use our eyes and discover the hand of Hashem in our history. Like we're going to do tonight to some extent. Then... We get a reward for that. It says, Make known among the nations his deeds. It doesn't say, make known among the nations his ma'asuv, his actions. No, massive is too simple. Alilusov means his cutting plans, his trick. HaKadosh Baruch who is doing things with cunning and surprises, with interlinking chains of events. And we are expected to get busy studying this complexity in order to discover the Hashem Echad standing behind the scenes, pulling the wires. That's one of the important successes of man in this world. Now we should think for a moment what was going through Yosef's mind as he was riding the king's chariot through the streets of Mitzrayim? I wouldn't deem to tell you that I know exactly what he was thinking. But there's no question that among other things, it was this. What is this all about? How did I get here? Yosef HaTzadik knew the answer. We see it from his own words. Lo atem oti otihena. You didn't send me to Mitzrayim, he told his brothers. It wasn't you. It was HaKadosh Bolchu who sent me here. Le'achayot lachem, In order that our family should survive for a great future. Now Yosef didn't merely say this to soothe his brothers so that they shouldn't feel distressed at what they had done. Like somebody who is in kindness, thinks up some explanation to cover up the misdeeds of his brothers? No! Yosef was saying a Torah truth and he's teaching us a great principle of the dark Hashem in this world. He had made use of the experiences of his life to grow great in the attitude of understanding the interlocking chains of Hashem's history. Now, you have to know that Vayihim Miketz, the dream of the Saram Ashkim and its connection to Paro's dream and how it led to Yosef in the palace, was not the first vav in Yosef's life. How did the chain start? The vavs began even before Yosef was born. Vayistom Esav et Yaakov. And Esav hated Yaakov. Ooh, was that an important link? It was like pressing a button that began the process of Yosef being Moishel b'chol Eretz misraim Because Yaakov was no longer safe at home, he had to run away to Padan Aram. That was one of the most important vavs in the story. Pay attention to what would have been if Esav wouldn't have been an angry fellow and Yaakov would have remained in Canaan. He would have remained home and the whole story would have been different. His father Yitzchak would have sent a shaliach to bring Yaakov, a wife. Just like his father Avram had sent Eliezer to bring back a wife for him. The messenger would have come to Padan Aram with camels and gifts. And Lavan would have given him the oldest daughter, Leah, and finished. The whole story with Rochel imenu wouldn't have happened. She would have been a wallflower in Padanaram, Aram. And we would have never heard her name. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted Yaakov to marry Rochel, so he sent him to Padan Aram. And when he arrived in Padan Aram, what happened? Another Vav. Vaisa enav, And he encountered Rochel at the well. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was pressing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying, Leia is not enough. You must marry Rochel. Because from this girl, there's going to be a little boy, who one day will be the Moishel Bechol Eretz Mitzrayim. Why did we need a Yosef ruling Mitzrayim? Because without that, we wouldn't be here today. Our nation would never have been zoiche to Matan Torah if not for that. It was in Mitzrayim, under the leadership of the Mishnei Melech Yosef, that we became a nation prepared to receive the Torah. What did Paro do in our parasha? He made Yosef a dictator. Pay attention to what Paro said. Without your permission, he said to Yosef, nobody in my whole country can lift up his hand or his foot. mikates That's an extremely important Pasuk. It's a pity we learn Chumash, and don't pay attention to what it says there. It means that for 80 years, Yosef ruled over Mitzrayim with an iron fist. From age 30 to 110. 80 years. There was no Jewish melech who was as long in office as Yosef. And he had such power that nobody could open his mouth against him. Because Paro said, open your mouth against Yosef and I'll take care of you. And so Yosef Atzadik, at the one whose motto was, Es HaElokim Ani I fear only Hashem, became the leader of the B'nai Yisroel and he prepared the Am Yisroel for Kabbalah by living under Yosef, they were prepared to live under the Torah that Hashem gave later. That's the real truth. The story of Yosef is the foundation for Kabbalah Torah. He kept a strict eye on them. They were so much afraid of him that every smallest thing that they did was only according to Yosef's wishes. He didn't let them assimilate and he caused them to walk in the right path. His watchful eye trained the people to be medakdek, to be careful in the kutze shel yud, in the smallest thing, because they knew he would react. He wouldn't tolerate any deviation from what was right. And that's how the family became prepared with the true Midas of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And therefore, now the way was open for the rest of the history of our nation. It was only because Yosef became the Mishneh Lamelech that our people became who they are today. But until Yosef became the king, there were countless steps. His mother waited many years for him to be born. Yosef was born almost at the last of all the brothers. And that was a most important link in the chain leading up to Matan Toide. Hashem was turning the wheels of history then. If Yosef had been the first one, let's say, if Rachel had given birth before anyone else, so the brothers, when they saw that their father gave Yosef a kisoynes pasim, a special striped expensive garment, they wouldn't be jealous of him. He's the Bechor, one of the oldest brothers at least. In those days, people respected their older brother and their older brothers. But because he was the youngest... That's the reason it aroused a storm of indignation when their father gave him an a special sign of recognition. The youngest should be made the chief. All the brothers said, what's taking place here? We are all good boys. Why is he the one that's getting such attention? And therefore, we understand that the fact that Yosef was born almost the last one was a necessary link in his history. Otherwise, nothing would have happened. You can't sell your older brother. He would sell them. Another vov was when Rochel passed away. Vatamas mas Rochel. It's a remarkable thing that Rochel died young. She was a young woman when she passed away. Now, Chazal tells us reasons why it happened. But I'll tell you something else too. If Rochel had lived, her Yosef would never have been sold into slavery. Rachel was a wise woman, and she knew that the brothers were incensed against Yosef, and she would have kept her eye on him. If Rachel had been around, she wouldn't allow Yosef to go look for his brothers near Shechem. She wouldn't have let him out of her sight, and nothing would have ever happened. Yosef would have never been sold. And therefore, another vav, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, pulled her out of the way. Even when he was sent out to Shechem, things happened. Do you remember when he was looking for his brothers in Shechem and he couldn't find them? He should have come right back home. Father, I can't find them. But there happened to be a man wandering around and this man had information. And a man found him and the man said, you could find them over there in Dosan. It's a remarkable story. That man, like an angel, just happened to be there. Another Vav. If that man wasn't around, what could Yosef do? He couldn't find his brothers. He comes home and the whole story is finished. But a man found him and the man gave him information and he went and found his brothers. And that's how the whole story was moved along. And so he landed up in Mitzayim. And even if he's going to be sold, why should he end up in Mitzayim of all places? Caravans go in all directions. He could have been sold to a caravan going to Arabia and gone lost. But because of Hashem's wire pulling from behind the scenes, Yosef was sold to a caravan that went to Mitzrayim. It's a remarkable thing. Just the right caravan came along at just the right time. It states that the company of Gentiles that took him to Mitzrayim was carrying with them nichot Utsri Valot. Various kinds of spices. The Torah insists on telling us this. That this company was transporting fragrant spices. Now why did the Torah tell us what kind of merchandise they were carrying? We are interested only in knowing that they brought Yosef to Mitzrayim. To sell him as a slave. But even the details of the caravan were linked in the chain. Yosef was sitting among the merchandise. And on all sides there were sacks of various Bissamim, and they all smelled good. It took a long time, that trip, and so Yosef, when he arrived in Mitzrayim, was saturated with the sweet fragrance of these spices. Those spices were intended to grab the attention of a certain person, because now he's put up for sale in the slave market, and along comes a man, Potiphar, and he takes a sniff. He's favorably impressed a sweet-smelling boy, good-looking too. And so he says, I'll buy him. Yosef could have been purchased by almost anybody. But it just happened that a man named Potiphar bought him. Why didn't someone else buy him? Why did Hashem want Potiphar to buy him? And the answer is that there was a very important reason. It was because Potiphar had a wife who was a mischievous woman, a woman with a roving eye. Ah, now we know why Yosef was sold to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife is a necessary link in the entire story. The wife of Potiphar was a vav, Another link in the story of Yosef. Without Eshet Potiphar, Yosef would have gone lost. Suppose she minded her own business and she didn't put up her eyes on Yosef. Nothing would have happened. He would have been nice and quiet, a slave in Potiphar's house, for the rest of his life. And after these things, the wife of his master lifted up her eyes to Yosef. And then the trouble began. Don't think it was just the case of one silly woman, a wicked woman who persecuted him, and therefore he was thrown into prison? No! HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted him to go there. And we know what happened. And now Yosef finally ends up In a dungeon, in the base, Hasidim. Now you have to understand that the future of Yosef depended on what kind of a prison he would end up in. Had he been put in an ordinary prison, the story would have been finished. He would have remained there. But Potiphar put him in the place of Ashrei HaMelech, the king's prison. It's a very serious offense. Trying to start up with the wife of one of the king's officials, If Yosef had been somebody else's slave, he would have been put in a little jail someplace. But he was put into the prison of important people because he was a slave of Potiphar. And so, Hashem made the masters angry at their slaves. Megillah, Paro's Katsaf al-Avadav, Paro got angry at his servants. If Paro hadn't gotten angry, the entire chain would have come to a dead end. Let's say that the Sadamashkin, when he was bringing in the wine to Potto on the tray, he was trained for that. He knew every step. But this time something happened, and he tripped, and a little bit of the wine spilled on Potto's expensive robe. Now Potto could have remained calm. Why not? He could afford the cleaning bill. He didn't have to get angry. But Hashem had plans, and therefore he made the master get angry at his servant. Pado flew into a rage and said, put these men into prison. What happened? Where did Pado put them? Not in an ordinary prison. He put these two officers also in the place where Asire HaMelech, the king's prisoners, were jailed. Exactly where Yosef was waiting for them. If it hadn't happened that Pado got angry, Yosef would have rotted away in prison all alone. But of course, even that was only one valve, one link in the gray chain. Suppose the Saramashkim wouldn't have have had his dream. Then Yosef would have remained in prison for who knows how long. But the Saramashkim had a dream, and Yosef happened to be in the same prison, and he interpreted the dream. And when the Saramashkim was freed, and one night, Pado had a dream too, so the Saramashkim reminded himself, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reminded him, and suddenly they came running into the prison, put clean garments on Yosef, gave him a haircut and a bath, and suddenly vayamod Lifne Paro. Now Yosef is standing before Paro. That's how our Parsha begins. Kates, The Vav in the beginning of our Parsha is only one small link in the long chain of Yosef's history and when Yosef was being pulled on the chariot through the streets of Egypt it was the result of a long chain of wondrous events and Yosef recognized that that was the greatness of the moment not to be Mishnah Lemelech, but to retrace the vows and see how it happened oh thought Yosef as the Egyptians crowded the streets to pay homage to the new vice regent now I have the answer, the mystery of all those bumps in the road, all of those seemingly chaotic events, my dreams and my brothers and Potiphar and his wife and the Saramashkim, many other things too. All of it is now explained. Everything was Hashem Echad. So you'll say, well, very nice. Yosef at But what's it got to do with us? The answer is that it has everything to do with you. Because the Torah tells us that this story of Yosef is an example, as a model for understanding the ways of Hashem in this world. It's meant to remind us of how we should study our own lives with the knowledge that Hashem's chain of history is always operating. The Vav hachibur that connects the beginning of history down until today is still working. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always behind the scenes manipulating. Even the seemingly random events of our lives are connected one to another and have meaning. From Hashem, a man's footsteps are established. Mishle. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who directs your footsteps. Nothing happens in this life unless it's part of the plan of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Again, from Hashem, a man's footsteps are established. Ve'adamaya v'indarko. And a man, how can he understand his path in life? He thinks, he knows, because he doesn't take the time to study his own life. Nobody can understand his path in life without study, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is manipulating everything with his endless wisdom. Here's a man sitting in a plush office. He comes in the morning, and the whole group of secretaries come in, loaded down with mail. And the mail has been neatly slit open for him. He sits down and puts his feet up on the table and pulls out from the envelopes a big, fat check. Each envelope is dividends and big orders and rental income. Ah, he's a happy man. He's on top of the world. That man has to remember who established his footsteps. He didn't get there just like that. There were reasons, and only a fool thinks that the reasons had anything to do with him. Chacham be'enav ish ashir. A rich man is wise in his own eyes. Mishle. He knows the reasons why he got there. He knows. I made this deal and that deal. A nechtagotog. He doesn't know. Even the beginning. There are people with better heads than him who made better deals. And they're standing now in the Bowery waiting for the free soup kitchen to open up. So that they can go get breakfast. All that Baruch Hu needs is to send one little stroke to this man who thinks that he's so smart. And now he's standing, and his hands are shaking. He's shaking with palsy, and he's standing in line for a free plate of food. Every man and woman in this world, no matter who you are, must understand that there were hundreds, thousands of ofs in your own life that brought you to where you are right now. If you start looking into the histories of even the G'doyalim up until today, you think the G'doyalim were all born into families where the mothers wore long beards. You would be surprised where they came from. You would be surprised where they came from. There were many vavs that brought them to where they are today. But it's not only in the lives of some people. A Yosef at Sadak, a rich man in his office. The G'doyalim hador where everything is done with the utmost profundity, with scheming behind scheming. The history of Yosef serves as a model for every person's life. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yoshev B'Sesir. He's sitting in secrecy, and he's manipulating all of the affairs of our lives, and we are expected to look back and see how one thing is connected with the previous, all the way back to the beginning. The truth is, right now, you should look back on your lives and see what happened to you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did things in your past only that you don't study it. Did you ever take five minutes to look back on your life and see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu connected the offense in your life and brought you to where you are now? You're 50 years old now. Did you give even five minutes, even two minutes for 50 years? If you did, you would see the Yad Hashem, in complicated ways. It's a mitzvah too. Rabbeinu Yonah says that, when he describes for us the importance of mitzvahs ase, he brings an example. Vizacharta et kol haderech. You should remember the entire journey. And he calls it a mitzvahs ase, of the highest degree. No mitzvah is small, but among all these great commandments of Hashem, he considers remembering your journey through life one of the most Important. And to back it up, he quotes a passage from Tehillim. Read the boy Hashem. Let them meditate on all the kindnesses of Hashem. And so we see that it's considered an obligation to look back. I'll tell you a little story about myself. I was thrown out of Hebrew school. When I was a little boy, I was sent to the Hebrew school. The old time Talmud Torah, And something happened that I was thrown out. All the other boys in the Hebrew school were good boys. They weren't thrown out. And all of them graduated at Bar Mitzvah. And they succeeded in becoming nothings. Nothing came of them. But because I had some trouble, I was thrown out. And I had to look for another place. I found a private rebbe who wanted to teach me. And he made a mensch out of me. And finally, he sent me to a real yeshiva. I look back now and I understand that it was a vav in my life. It was the hand of Hashem that was sending me on to a career of Torah. But to study one vav is only scratching the surface of your life. When I was 14, I wanted to apply for a job in a factory. There was very little money at home and I thought that I'd help. So when I saw an ad, Boys Wanted, I went downtown to the factory to take a job. And as I turned the corner, I saw the man come out of the factory and he took down the help-wanted sign off the door. He had hired his last boy just before I came. I wouldn't be sitting here tonight if I had gained that job. When I was 21, I thought, I'm not a public speaker. I'm a bashful boy. I'm not the type to talk to people in public. I won't be able to get out a bonus. What should I do? I decided I'll try to become a public school teacher. On I'll teach in the public school. So I went to the Board of Education and I applied. The man sitting at the desk said, What are you doing now? I said, I'm a rabbinical student. He said, go back to your business. Go back. A goy told me to go back. I listened to him. A malach When I was 24, I was already going out into the world. In those days, you were a finished man at 24, and I wanted to find a job teaching in a yeshiva. Now, I had a rebbe when I was a young boy, and I was his favorite Talmud, and this rebbe had now become the head of the Talmud Torahs. I knew that if I would go to him, he'd give me a job for sure. I sat in the waiting room to interview. There was another person who came in for the same job. I knew him from my days in the yeshiva. This person never learned. He played ball all the time. I learned Tanakh while he played ball. I knew Tanakh well when I was a boy. I knew Lashon HaKadosh well. This boy didn't know anything. He was a ball player. He got the job. Not I. It was beyond my comprehension. But Baruch Hashem because of that. I went to Slobotka. I look back and I thank Hashem that it turned out that way. HaKadosh Baruch who rescued me again and again. And again. There are more stories, many vows, like that in my life. And it's by means of these schemes he rescues each one of us. What about you? What happened that you're here tonight? Try to think back. What happened all the way back? Some of you people were in a very alien environment. Or even if you were born in a frum family, don't you know how many of your cousins went lost? There are many people sitting here tonight that if they would look back at their history, they would see that there were schemes that played out in their lives that saved them. A thousand have fallen on your left side and 10,000 on your right have gone lost. But you persisted. The fact that you're here tonight instead of being someplace else is due to certain reasons. What's the reason? Things happen in your lives. Don't just say that. Baruch Hashem, it worked out and putter yourself, oh no! You have to look back, step by step, and study. Why aren't you in Greenwich Village right now? Why aren't you in a basement somewhere in India, smoking hashish? And the answer is, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu guided your footsteps. You'll find some little quirk in history of your life that saved you, and then another one, and another one. It's all from Hashem! HaKadosh Baruch Hu has tricks, and we are expected to study them as much as possible. Of course, no matter how much time you devote to the subject, it would be merely scratching the surface. You can't expect to understand it fully with the little brain that you possess in this world. You don't have the capacity to fully understand what's really going on. In case your curiosity is aroused, and you'd like to get a peek into the secrets of this great wisdom, so just wait until your 120 years are up. And in the next world, there's going to be a big pavish, a commentary that will explain everything to you, only that it will be a very complicated commentary. It's a big Rashi with Toisfus, with Maharasha and Maharam and Ahloy It's extremely complicated. But there you'll be able to understand how the whole plan was concocted by a boy in such a beautiful manifestation of infinite wisdom. And yet... However much you'll understand then, that's only a reward. The avoida, the success, that brings you that reward is the study that you have to do in this world. It's an important part of your success in this world. The Torah story of Yosef serves as a model for each man's life history because the destiny of every individual is just as complicated and full of endless wisdom as Yosef's was. The history of your life if you will take the trouble to review and investigate it, will reward you with a great many explanations and secrets, a great understanding of why things happened in a certain way. If you would study what happened to you from your earliest days until now, you would be amazed at the way things turned out according to a certain scheme. I know it sounds queer to us. Who thinks of such things? But now you're learning that this is a requirement of a servant of Hashem. You have to look back and study the ways of Hashem. The schemes underneath the schemes and more schemes underneath those schemes. Just like everything Hashem created has a chokma She'en locates, all the events of your private life are also endlessly intricate. And if you use your mind along the model we just learned, and you look back and review all the Vavs in your life, that's one of your great successes in this world. And then when the time comes and you put on your head the crown of wisdom to which the righteous merit in the next world, part of your eternal reward and happiness will be understanding all these matters in the deepest manner imaginable. Have a wonderful Shabbos.